You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's drive time now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive. Helping Indians fans save hundreds on cars. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Insurance. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland this weekend as we continue our off-season editions of Tribe Talk, soon to be Guardians Weekly. Great to have you with us. And coming up later on in our show, you may be aware that the annual Active Valor Awards is coming up. The Bob Feller Active Valor Award winner at the Major League level this season was Minnesota Twins pitcher Griffin Jacks, a graduate of the Air Force Academy and the first graduate of the Air Force Academy to pitch in the major leagues. So uh, certainly a very apropos award for him. And we'll visit with him and talk about his path, what he knows about Bob Feller, and much, much more in the second half of our show. We'll also continue with our look back at some of the great games of 2021 for the Indians, their first walk-off win. And uh, that came courtesy of a Jordan Luplo home run, so we'll get to that shortly. But first, a quick look at the World Series, which is heading into Game 4 tonight in Atlanta. The Braves lead the Astros two games to one after a win on Friday night. Been an interesting series so far between 
in Atlanta ball club that arguably was the hottest in baseball the final two months after they made some great moves at the trade deadline. And the Astros really had a, a tremendous all-around season, and they're back in the World Series for the third time in five years. Now, both teams are battling to get through this series, and it's kind of an indication of today's game, starting pitching issues. But as we're seeing throughout the game today, no team seems to really worry about whether they have enough starting pitching to get deep into games as long as the bullpens are solid, and that's the case for both in this year's Fall Classic. So on to Game 1 we go. It was in Houston on Tuesday night, and what a start for the Braves as leadoff hitter Jorge Soler, leadoff hitter for the World Series overall, got things going quickly for Atlanta. Two balls and no strikes on Jorge, and the pitch on the way. Hit well, deep left, that's going back, that ball is gone! one nothing Braves, and Jorge feels like busting loose, and that's how you start a World Series. That's courtesy of the Braves Radio Network, and yes, what a great way to start the series. Soler became the first hitter in World Series history to lead off the series with a home run, and the Braves went on to a 6-2 win. Wednesday night, Game 2. This time it was all Astros, thanks in large part to Michael Brantley. Here's the 2-2. Curveball, and that's hit through the right side for a base hit. Maldonado claps his hands as he comes home. Brantley comes through with an RBI single, and it's 5-1 Astros. That's courtesy of the Astros Radio Network with Robert Ford and the always entertaining Steve Sparks on the call. Houston won game two, 7-2 on Wednesday night. Off day Thursday, series resumed on Friday night in Atlanta. Game three, dreary weather conditions, 50 degrees and uh, intermittent showers, uh, maybe heavier than a drizzle, but they got the game in, and it was a great pitcher's duel. Five innings of no-hit pitching from Braves rookie Ian Anderson, and the bullpen backed it up with scoreless work the rest of the way. 2-0 was the final, and that set the stage for tonight in Atlanta with the Braves holding a two-games-to-one advantage in the World Series. Well, as mentioned shortly, we'll take a look back at one of the great games for the Indians in 2021 with our Game of the Week segment. But before we get to that, uh, a few thoughts on some news earlier this week. One of the great radio icons in Cleveland radio, Mike Trivisano, passed away earlier this week. And, and so many who worked with or were close to Triv have weighed in with their thoughts and memories. It's, gosh, a, just a, a tough time. Uh, for so many in the business, as uh, while I did not know him as well as many others, I can tell you my limited interactions with him certainly gave insight into what made him special to so many. Honestly, uh, just because of, of the work schedule that I would have, especially night games during the baseball season and travel, I really couldn't listen to his show that often, but lasting memories of, of the limited in interactions I had with him will always be his involvement in the Indians' postseason run to the World Series back in 2016. And just to kind of set the scene for you, prior to each home game that October and on into November for the latter stages of the series, Triv would broadcast his show on the Indians' flagship station, WTAM, live from Progressive Field leading into those games. And, of course, he needed guests to be a part of that. And, and when Triv wanted you to be a part of his show, you didn't ask why. You just said, hey, what time? When, when can I be there? And I'll always remember... Uh, during those games and, and appearances on his shows, coming down the elevator from the press level at the ballpark, and you walked out to the main concourse, and, and he was set up 
on that first base side. And for the first one, you expected to see maybe a, a small table with a little bit of radio gear and, and Triv there doing his show, maybe with an engineer. It couldn't have been further from the case. His setup was several long tables with at least a half a dozen mics for the seemingly cast of thousands that were a part of his show. And you always wonder, well, what does he need? What does he need us on for? He seems to have uh, so many people there. But you were just part of the party. And and when you were a guest with Triv at that time, it was you. Nick Camino would be there. Uh, Dennis Maniloff, the D-man, would be there. John Adams, the drummer from the Bleachers, he'd show up with his drum and and. Gosh, it was just a great setting, and, and there's so many others I'm, I'm surely forgetting. But point being, with Triv, his show felt like a party or maybe a sports bar with a, a bunch of folks talking sports, and in this case, the World Series. And when my segment was done the last time prior to Game 7, that, that thrilling night at, at Progressive Field back in 2016, I can remember going back to the elevator lobby to head back upstairs for the game and looking back to his setup and the organized chaos and there was Triv with a big grin of someone who was absolutely in his element, producing fun to listen to radio and making sure as many people, both his listeners and those who are a part of his show, could enjoy what he loved to do. Mike Trivisano was a true original, someone who will be missed greatly, but remembered fondly. Rest in peace, Triv. We'll have more after this. Uh, sure, the players bring some skill to the game, but if I don't put them in my lineup, who cares? Not me. I'm Eric Rubino, fantasy baseball GM and league runner-up two of the last nine years. I use the progressive Name Your Price tool with options based on my budget. And for a guy that's used to being in control, it fits. Like this runner-up t-shirt. Champ gets a trophy, but you can't wear a trophy. Boom. Get options based on your budget with Progressive, even if you're not a legend in your own mind. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Time now to take a look back at one of the great games of the 2021 season. And for the Indians, the first of their walk-off wins at Progressive Field. And it came on a Monday night in late April, April the 26th. And you may recall now, uh, the, the capacity of the ballpark limited early in the season, weather not the best. So a smaller crowd, but they saw a dandy between the Indians and the Minnesota Twins, two teams that were expected to contend for the division crown heading into the season. But as we found out as the season developed for the Twins, just a disastrous 2021. And for the Indians with a major injury issues to their starting rotation, they battled just to finish a couple of games under the 500 mark at season's end. And heading into that game on April the 26th, the Twins were 7-13, and so already they were struggling. The Indians battling to stay at the 500 mark as they were 9-11 and coming in. Minnesota jumped on top with single runs in the second and fourth innings, but in the sixth, the Indians finally got to twin starter Jose Barrios with a runner in scoring position for former twin Eddie Rosario. Now Barrios delivers, and the pitch hit in the air toward left, toward the line, arise into the corner, can't make the catch! Ball hits the track, jumps into the corner off the wall. In sliding with a double is Rosario, and in scoring is Hernandez on a ball that should have been caught. 
And the Indians will take advantage of a gift from left fielder Luis Sarais, who shied up when he got toward that wall in the left field corner and kind of alligator armed it. And the Indians now trail it two to one. Later on in the inning, Fran Mill Reyes knocked in Rosario with the tying run. Now the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a little broken bat flare to right. This game will be tied. Base hit, it drops. Rooker will throw to the plate. The slide in safely as Rosario into second on the throw. Home is Reyes, and the Indians are now tied at two. So a play in left field that wasn't made has now cost Minnesota two runs on a broken bat flare single to right by Fran Mill Reyes. On the mound, Zach Plesak had a good one going for the Indians, and he really settled in after giving up some early runs. Now the windup. Now the 1-1 pitch. A swing and another weak pop-up. Shallow right. Hernandez, the second baseman, is going to make the catch. Boy, what a job Zach Plesak's doing. A seven-pitch seventh inning. He's averaging 11 pitches per inning. He is back. And it's stretch time at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario with a score, Cleveland 2, Minnesota 2. Minnesota scratched out a run in the top half of the eighth inning to go back on top 3-2. to two. But in the bottom half of the inning, Jose Ramirez got the run right back. Duffy into the motion and the payoff pitch. Swung out and ripped. Deep right down the line. Gone! A two-iron just inside the right field foul pole. And the Indians have come back to tie it at three in the eighth on Jose Ramirez's fifth home run. It was Nibble City for Tyler Duffy. Then he got back into the count, and Ramirez had him right where he wanted him. He got a curveball and smoked one down the right field line to tie this game at three. So it was on to extra innings, and with the game still tied in the bottom half of the 10th, Cesar Hernandez was the runner at second base to begin the inning, and Jordan Luplo was at the plate facing Twins closer Alex Colome. Right-hander against right-hander. Luplo, that open stance deep in the box. Now the 1-1, swung on, hit high, hit deep to left. Lynn is back, still going back, and it is gone! A game-winning walk-off, two-run home run for Jordan Luplo. A towering blast to left, and Jordan Luplo once again proving he can hit right-handers. And Jordan Luplo getting pummeled at home plate. And whatever the Indians can find that's wet, they're throwing it on them. A towering two-run home run to left by Jordan Luplo, giving the Indians their first walk-off win of the year. And the Indians tonight, in 10 innings, have beaten the Minnesota Twins 5-3. to three. The following day, we caught up with Jordan Luplo to talk about his big home run and the mindset that he had in the final at-bat. You know, I, I had a pretty good idea that it was going to leave, um, but definitely the left fielder uh, deked me a little bit. 
And you're at the play with a runner at second base, so obviously you can drive in the run with a base hit, but but just a, a good at-bat against a, a pretty good reliever for you? Yeah, just trying to stay within myself and, uh, you know, just just kind of feeding off everyone else, you know. Um, Hosey, Naylor had a good game. Fran Mill was doing well. Plezak came out and shoved um, after making some adjustments. You know, I watched that kid all all between his starts go to work and, uh, you know, get himself prepared to get better and make some adjustments, and, and he did. And it, it was uh, it was a special night for him. And so just being able to support him and, and the other pitchers that were out there tonight. Um, Shaw did great. Classe did great. Um, yeah, it was it, it was special. And those pitchers doing their thing. You came from behind the day before against the Yankees and, and got back in it. Uh, does that start to, to take on a good identity for a ball club when, when you know that you can help out your pitchers, even if it doesn't click in right away early in a ball game, that eventually you'll, you'll get the job done? Um, you know, you don't always want to play from behind, but knowing that you can come back and, and score some runs and put good at-bats together and get people on base and do that, that's uh, that's a good good feeling to have. Um, I don't think we're clicking on all cylinders yet offensively, but uh, you know we're getting close. I think it, every player who reaches the major leagues hopes that at some point that they can really get established up here and 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 be a meaningful part of a ball club. And I know there's a long way to go in this season, but you're off to a good start. And and has your mindset changed from from just trying to get here and then stay here to to really being a, a good contributor on a ball club? Yeah, um, I definitely had to do some work mentally the last the last off season, um, just reminding myself who what kind of player I am and and what I want to be and what I want to show and bring to the table um, to help help the team win. So uh, I, I think I did I did a, a lot of good work this off season coming into spring uh, mentally. What gets you to that point where where you say, hey, I need to do this to take that next step? I think it's taking a step back. Sometimes we get caught up in all the rah-rah and, um, you know, what's what's ahead in the future. But being where your feet are um, and, and, and looking back at your past and and what you've done and how you want to go and move forward is uh, is something you need to do. And I was able to do that this off season. So, yeah. Well, you stayed within yourself in, in the 10th inning on Monday night. Again, I, I know you did it late last season, and um, I'm sure that's a, certainly a memory that you'll have for a while. Thanks a lot, Jordan, for uh, stopping by. Thank you. Appreciate it. And that was Indians outfielder Jordan Luplo with the first walk-off hit of the season for the Indians, a home run to defeat the Twins in extra innings on Monday, April the 26th. Luplo had a good stretch in the month of April. He was off to a hot start, but injuries cropped up later on in the season and by the trade deadline he was traded to the Tampa Bay Rays where he actually became a a key member of their offensive attack heading down the stretch and into the postseason but uh, early on a key contributor to the Indians and he was part of our look back at one of the great games of 2021 right there the Indians first walk-off win a 5-3 victory over the Twins in 10 innings on Monday April the 26th. Speaking of the Twins, they have a a link to the Indians in this year's Bob Feller Active Valor Awards. The Major League recipient is Minnesota Twins starting pitcher Griffin Jacks. What a story he has as he becomes the first Air Force Academy graduate to pitch in the Major Leagues. And we'll hear his story when we return after this timeout 
on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Progressive Field this weekend. And coming up in the month of November, officially the award winners for the ninth annual Act of Valor Bob Feller Awards will be announced. And uh, it's normally something that takes place in Washington, D.C., just outside the Naval Academy. And uh, it's something that the Indians obviously have a big involvement because of Bob Feller's long history with the tribe. But with COVID, uh, some different things going on, and, and we had a chance this week to catch up with Griffin Jacks of the Minnesota Twins, uh, an Indians rival in the American League Central Division, who is this year's current major leaguer who has won the Bob Feller Award. And uh, Griffin, first off, congratulations on winning the award. And, and as someone who has spent a lot of time now as uh, part of the UN, United States Air Force, uh, this has to be something very special to you, in addition to just making your major league debut this season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, one, to just be considered for the award is a huge honor, but as someone, like you mentioned, that has a few years of uh, military service under my belt, um, I, you know, I take it even close to heart. I got two brothers that also are academy graduates. They're both in pilot training, and my wife, who I met at school, uh, is a captain of the military as well, so uh, the military obviously holds a huge uh, place in my heart, and I couldn't be more honored to accept this award. And I believe you are the first uh, in this category of the Bob Feller Award who, who actually has gone through one of the academies and, and is an active member. And uh, tell us about when you're coming out of high school, uh, you had some, some options in terms of being drafted by a major league organization, the Phillies, but uh, you wanted to continue your education. What made the Air Force uh, the right choice for you at that time? Yeah, um, so it obviously takes a different kid um, to understand and appreciate sort of rigor and opportunity that any sort of military, op- um, sorry, military academy can uh, offer you. And coming from my background with my family, um, I obviously – uh, understood and appreciated the education. So um, just off the bat, just reading about um, the Air Force Academy's educational opportunity, it's a no-brainer. I mean, one of the top most accredited uh, public schools in the U.S. Tack on the location of proximity to my town, I was only a 45-minute, maybe an hour drive home. And someone who leaned on family support a lot growing up, it was a huge piece to have just down the street from me. And then you add the uh, piece of being able to play Division One baseball to it. Um, it's, it's all added up to sort of being a no-brainer for me. And you mentioned Division One baseball, and and we see players in the major leagues from from all the big baseball schools from the Power Five conferences. What is the level of play for the Air Force Academy, especially with with all the demands, the extra demands, both academically and military-wise, that that players have to go through there? Yeah, kind of like I mentioned, it just takes a different athlete and different um, personality to go to a military academy. And um, under, for the coaches there, they have to understand that they're not going to get the topmost talent in the United States. That's because there's um, the demands of military, uh, your demands of making it through, uh, and also the educational demands. So um, a lot of kids that out of high school know that they're going to play professional or want to play professional, 
they sort of just write off any sort of military academy from the beginning because they don't even want to have to deal with that kind of service um, or other obligations. But um, I would say that in a lot of the big sports, basketball, football, baseball, um, hockey even, uh, the academies always present themselves as sort of competitive within their respective conferences. Uh, respectively speaking to our baseball team, we were always relatively competitive in our conference. Fighting with uh, a group of guys that might not have the most talent on the team, um, there's a different level of grit to the team that I played with that um, I would say that you don't really get that on a majority of four-year institutions. So you, you have a good enough college career where you're drafted by the Twins in the third round in 2016. Uh, Explain, though, how you, how you were able to transition to pro ball while still trying to figure out a, a military commitment with the Air Force Academy and, and the Air Force Institution. Yeah, uh, uh, how did that all work out? <laughs> uh, I was, yeah, so pro ball was obviously something I always wanted to do, and I, took, I would say that I took baseball a lot more seriously than some of my other teammates. Um, and so with that being said, um, even before the draft, I was always trying to learn more about me, about how my body moves, about what I need to do. Doing all this in just anticipation of playing professional baseball so that when I got to that step, um, it wouldn't be so much transition or necessarily found if I didn't do any of these other precautionary steps. Like, like I sort of mentioned with the level of competition and just the standard athlete you get at a service academy, the amenities and facilities that we had um, at the Air Force Academy weren't as top tier as, you know, other big-time Division One. So a lot of what I had to do was behind-the-scenes work uh, by myself and just researching online um, just to see what I needed to do to keep myself competitive so that when I did transition to pro ball, like I said, it just wouldn't be as hard on myself as it necessarily would have been if I didn't do anything. And after about a year in, you, you did have to miss some time away from the Twins minor league system for some service time with the Air Force. Uh, how did you balance that with, with wanting to reach the major leagues as quickly as possible, but also knowing that there's a commitment there to the military? Yeah, that was really tough mentally. Um, because at the end of the day, I knew that since I went to a service academy, I knew there was going to be some sort of uh, obligation or commitment to the military in general. Um, so as much as there was frustration that I wasn't able to fully commit to baseball right out of the gate, I knew that I was uh, meant for something greater uh, with military service. So I had to take both of those in stride and just understand the platform that I had. So, uh, But at the end of the day, what I think that happened is it truly made me um, work harder and appreciate baseball even more because um, there were times where I would have to do my full Air Force work day and then I'd be required to do my training after hours or after I got finished all my work or just on weekends. So um, once I was able to fully uh, pursue baseball um, within the military when they let me go from my day-to-day uh, -day job, so to say, um, I was really able to jump at it at full speed with the appreciation of, man, I don't have to worry about uh, my Air Force obligation right now. I could just fully go after baseball. So my, I've already been given it 100% in the wee hours of the night. Now I can do it throughout the day. I'm going to go after it even harder now. Griffin Jacks joining us this year's Bob Feller Active Valor Award winner. And uh, he's been telling us about that, that journey to the major leagues. You got there this year with the Minnesota Twins. You really gained some traction in 2019. 
Uh, how did you get through the, the shutdown last year that, that cost so many players a chance to continue their development at the minor league level? And, and did some of the things that you've already talked about come into play in terms of, of being prepared even when things aren't, quote, normal for a, a professional baseball player? Yeah, I mean, it was just another roadblock that I had to jump over. Um, and just another, you know, piece of frustration that has made my career so interesting. So um, at the, when, when we got sent back home from uh, spring training in 2020, just when I was in the boat of not knowing, like most players, not knowing what was going to happen, uh, I tried to take the approach and perspective of I'm not going to have this much time to fully dedicate and develop myself any other time in pretty much my career. So I might as well try to rewrite myself as a pitcher and an athlete in general. So I worked really closely with a couple of pitching coaches and uh, pitching coordinators within the twin system. I deep dove into everything about me mechanically, physically, mentally, and I just try to get as much uh, constructive criticism and feedback as I could just to try to clean up everything and make essentially myself better in every aspect of the game because I w we were given so much time off, um, unfortunately, but it ended up truly being um, an, a great six, seven months of development time for me. And that led to a call up to the major leagues this season. And I understand that you had some friends on hand in Kansas City your first day in the major leagues. I don't know that you got in that game, but uh, explain what happened there in terms of some close friends that you had and uh, how they got to your major league debut, or at least your first day in the major leagues. Yeah, uh, I, I got a really great group of friends from back home. I'm super close with. Um, I've known these guys since middle school um, back in Colorado. We've, we've all stayed very close. Um, Talked to those guys almost every single day. But um, the past couple of years, you know, we've always kind of joked about, like, if I was to ever debut, what would happen? What, what would they do? And they'd always say, like, we drop whatever we're doing and come out. And, I, you know, and I always crack back and joke, like, what if it's, a, you know, a Tuesday night in um, a, a smaller city that uh, just kind of in the middle of nowhere? But they said, obviously, we'd, we'd be there. So um, I got the news very late on, I want to say it was a Friday night. Um, it was maybe even early Saturday morning, around 2 or 3 in the morning. Of course, the first people I call are my parents, but shortly after, I, I called and texted all my friends saying, I don't know if any of you guys can make this. It's a day game in uh, Kansas City, but I'm on my way there now, um, potentially debuting, going to be on the roster, so we'd love to see whoever can make it. And uh, this group of guys, about 20 of them, you know, started talking and trying to figure out the logistics, and they ended up uh, renting a uh, charter private jet from Denver to Kansas City. And uh, the, the, the final cost and the price of this always gets sort of uh, thrown out of hand. And I, I've never truly gotten a real answer for how much it is. But um, I'm, I'm, I know it wasn't cheap. <laughs> Boy, you'd think you'd, maybe you knew somebody at the Air Force who could pick those guys up and fly them over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've gotten that a lot, too. But I don't, think, I don't know if they'd be able to help out like that. No. Well, so, look, you're you are the first and always will be, there may be more that follow, but you are the first Air Force graduate to play in the major leagues. What does that mean to you having, having gone through the academy and, and who knows how long your military career will be, but what does that mean to you? I, I, I take a lot upon myself to, to, to truly be a 
good representation of the military and the Air Force Academy as a whole. So um, I've sort of been asked to do a lot from uh, the PR side since I was drafted, and I've understood what my platform means. And if, if I can use my position now to get a whole bunch of new recruits into an Air Force Academy or even the Air Force or uh, Department of Defense in general, it's going to be it's going to work out. Really. Uh, the military and, and uh, Department of Defense in general are who is allowing me to play baseball fully, um, fully free and all that every single day. So I just have to take it in stride of what I do is very small compared to what our military does every single day. So um, with that being said, I've just I've always appreciated um, the fact that I've come from a military background just so I can understand and grasp what they're doing behind the scenes. So that now that when I'm uh, pursuing Major League Baseball and trying to stay up here as long as I can, I understand what's going on in the background. And you mentioned that, and, and you've talked about your family situation. Your wife is part of the Air Force, and, and you have family that's been a part of it in the past. Uh, obviously, you hope baseball lasts a, a long, long time. But whenever that time is that that is done, uh, do you stay with a military career? Is that something that you'd like to do in the future as well? That's a great question. I really haven't thought about um, too much about life after baseball. Uh, I always get asked, can I can I join can I rejoin active duty um, from now that I'm in the reserves? And that's still uh, a lot of confusion in that question. I, I truly don't know. Um, like 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 I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm like you mentioned, I'm I'm the first to go through this. There's been no precedence before me, so there's so much up in the air regarding my position. I really, I don't know what um, they're going to want of me when baseball is over, what's going to be required of me. So just take it every day in stride and uh, just try not to overstep. Griffin Jacks joining us this year's Bob Feller Award winner on uh, the Major League player side of things. And Griffin, before we let you go, uh, it's off season, and, and for a lot of players who are not involved in the postseason, that means the, the training season has begun. You have a chance to, to do your workouts with a, a couple of Names familiar to the Cleveland Indians fans uh, in Zach Plezak and Logan Allen. And, and what's that like as you guys kind of get through the, the fall time of year and, and trying to build toward 2022? Yeah, these first couple weeks especially is just a good time to relax, yeah, but also just uh, revisit some movement patterns and get the body back into a shape of uh, where you can start pushing things and here in a couple weeks. So, um, rest and recovery are very important, especially after a long season. Um, a lot of wear and tear on the body. So uh, there's, there's been a lot of emphasis for these past couple of weeks since our season's been over, just uh, making sure that I'm getting my body put in the right position to start adding stress back when I start building back up uh, to head out to spring training. Uh, now with me training out in Arizona where my wife and I live, I'm at a facility where um, I'm training actually with Zach Plesak and Logan Allen. So in that aspect, it's, it's, it's unbelievable because I get to train and work out with other major leaguers and learn from them and share their experiences. So uh, it's just a great group of guys, a great environment to get after it, and really looking forward to uh, building towards the 2022. Well, and you mentioned that, and, and the Indians obviously have a, a great reputation for developing starting pitching. And you look around the division, and, and the Tigers are starting to, to develop that. It looks like the Royals have some good young arms. And I know the Twins are trying to get there, too, and, and you can be a part of that. And is that something that, that's talked about um, 
among the the Twins pitchers that hey, you know, it, it's it's coming, and there's some good young arms that that could take the Twins back to a really good level in terms of contending for the division. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it'd be silly of us not to understand that there's a few rotation spots open, especially with Kenta Maeda getting Tommy John surgery and being out all next year as well. Um, there's not really um, any frontline names at the moment that will be returning to the rotation. So with a, with a couple guys that were up there the, the second half of the year with me, we understand what's in front of us and um, – we, we understand what the Twins hopefully will be asking of us, and especially with our lineup and our our names one through nine and the line. It's, it's a very talented lineup up and down the roster, and if we can add a solid group of pitching uh, to that mix, the Twins are going to be right back in contention. So it's an exciting time, and, uh, you know, we're just really looking forward to what next year brings. Um, the AL Central – Always, always pretty competitive this year with the White Sox. Indians had a little trouble with injuries and um, some bugs like that. But, yeah, the Royals have a lot of good young names as well. So um, it should get back to a pretty competitive and full contention um, division here next year. Well, Griffin, I, I appreciate the time. It's a great story of uh, perseverance, certainly, and service to our country. And congratulations on being a Bob Feller Active Valor Award winner, and, and thanks again for your time today. Yeah, thank you very much. Really, truly a big honor, and uh, really glad I could be a part of it. Hats Twins pitcher Griffin Jacks. What a story there of perseverance and uh, overcoming some odds when you go to a military academy to try and play in Major League Baseball becomes a supreme challenge. He has done it the first from the Air Force Academy, and he is this year's Bob Feller Active Valor Award winner. Stay tuned. We'll have some final thoughts after this timeout as we conclude with Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. And now a game of Commercial Chicken, brought to you by Progressive, where we see how long Flo can go without talking about insurance. Ready? Go. Okay, so um, did you... See, that game the other day? <laughs> the refs, right? I mean, come on. They were totally out to get us. <laughs> that always happens to, uh, to our team. <clears throat> Drivers who switch to Progressive can save big. Okay, you win. We can't help but save customers money. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you on soon-to-be Guardians Weekly. We'll make that transition here in the coming weeks ahead. And uh, to listen to our show each week, you can do so on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network, also online at Indians.com or in podcast form wherever you download your favorite podcast. Each week, Brian Matze helps us put together our show back at Command Center. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.